listening to RMD Studios. Welcome to The Table, a podcast for leaders to build community, have conversations, and share resources. Welcome to The Table Podcast. My name is Sean Rainey, and I'm your host. This podcast is created by the Church Ministries Department of the Rocky Mountain Network. The goal of our podcast is to provide resources, training, and networking to the local church. Now, today is a special COVID-19 resource edition. I'm here with my good friend, Margaret Benton, and we're going to be talking about homeschooling in this new COVID-conscious world that we're living in. Margaret, thanks for joining us by phone here today. Uh, It's great to be with you, Sean. Awesome. Well, Margaret, we go way back. I remember the first time that I met you uh, was several years ago. Actually, we were church planting uh, in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, and you and your beautiful family walked in our church. And man, you know, like as any good church planner, we see a, a new family and we just attacked, right? Like It was like, thank <laughs> sure. God, sending a new family. And I remember uh, meeting your kids after church and, and I asked your youngest son, uh, you know, Hey, how did you enjoy kids church? And I loved his response. He said, I give it about a seven. Yeah, I knew from that moment <laughs> on, you guys were my kind of people and we would be great friends. So that was awesome. Yes. That sounds like him. He definitely has no filter. And now he is a uh, 13. And that oh, has wow. not changed. That's amazing. <laughs> well, Margaret is, uh, you know, you're, you're a believer, you're a Christ follower, you're a military wife, uh, homeschool mom, you've led uh, and coordinated uh, homeschool groups with classic conversations. And uh, we wanted to just talk to you today, kind of get some insights from you and, and and just share some tips, share some ideas, share your thoughts, even even spiritually on on just kind of where where we see this heading. You know, now uh, the coronavirus mm-hmm. has really changed a lot of things. It's changed how we do church. It's changed how we do life. And now it has changed how we do school. And I know here in Colorado, all the way until April 30th, we do know that that school, uh, public school, even private schools are already canceled until that and possibly to the end of the year. There's a lot of stress out there already with jobs, economy, this invisible virus, all of these things. The other day I had to wear a mask to go out Mm. of my home. A lot of feelings going on. So at this point for you, Margaret, you know, you've homeschooled for a long time. So everyone kind of assumes that you of all people, you know, you're in your sweet spot, Stay uh, the homeschool mom, nothing's changed for you guys. Uh, life mm-hmm. is just normal, right? Yeah. Uh, but that's just not the case. And so could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. You know, I think it took me by surprise as well, because like you're saying, initially, I thought, okay, you know, we'll just carry on, right? Yeah. We'll just do what we've been doing um, for seven years. But, you know, Sean, that's not the case, yeah. right? Um, because like you said, this virus has changed everything. There is a, a new normal that, that we hope is temporary, of mm-hmm. course, like you're saying. Um, and it has changed 
how we are doing life. And that's absolutely affected the homeschooling community as well as those who have their kiddos enrolled uh, in public and private schools. And so with that, you know, I know we, we've talked a little bit. I've actually heard you speak a couple of different times. Um, you know, this, like you said a little bit ago, this is kind of taking you back a little bit. What were some of those feelings mm-hmm. initially when, you know, you guys are not like on homeschool lockdown, like you guys are super active. You go places, you, mm-hmm. you, you do debate club, you do parkour with the kids. I mean, there's a lot of activities. Yeah. It's not just like at the kitchen table. So, you know, early on, what were some of those feelings that, that you felt uh, when, when all of this had begun to change? Mm-hmm. You know, I felt helpless mm-hmm. as a mom because I realized that those activities that my kids have so enjoyed were being taken away. Yeah. And, and I understand the reason that we had to take them away, but still it was very difficult for me to explain it to them. And, yeah. and of course they want to know why and they want to understand and that's all normal. Yeah. Um, and so it was really hard for me to walk them through it because I don't have the answers either. And I think really that's what you're getting at is that, we cannot continue on, quote, as normal, both yeah. in our homeschooling ways, if you happen to be a homeschool parent, and in your um, lifestyle ways, if your kids are in public or private school. Yeah. This is new, and this is different, and this requires a different approach that, frankly, none of us have ever walked through. Wow. And so, if you think about the times when you've walked through a, perhaps a personal crisis and yet still had to go to work, yeah. right? how difficult that was that you are grieving or you are upset or distressed and yet life carries on and work carries on and, and we know how difficult that can be. And you can apply that same principle to your children, That's right? right? In some ways, I do believe this is like a grieving process for wow. them. They've lost friends with their friends. They've lost those favorite activities that they look forward to. And yet suddenly we're still telling them, oh, by the way, you, you still need to do that math lesson, yeah. right? That, that history project needs to get finished. And I realized that I was still expecting those things to happen despite the fact that emotionally and spiritually, they were in a really distressing place. Mm. And so I had to reevaluate, what am I expecting of my kids during this really difficult time? Yeah. What do my kids really need right now? Do they need to complete the history project, right? Uh, or do they need to have conversation with me That's about so what good. they're feeling and their fears and what they're thinking? That's so good. And so what I'm hearing you say too, Margaret, is that, you know, you're having the same feelings that other parents are are having and your kids are having the same feelings that other kids mm-hmm. are having. It's not like homeschool versus public school, different feelings. Man, we're all dealing with the same emotions that are happening right now. Yes, because life as we knew it before the virus, whatever that looked like, has radically changed. Yeah. That's right. No matter what particular uh, situation you might have been in before the virus, it's still radically changed, even for the homeschool community. And of course, all of those feelings don't discriminate among those who homeschool or, or private school. The feelings that our kids have of of fear and of yeah. uncertainty and of wanting to know when can I see my friends again, right? That's right. All of those feelings and questions still exist. That's right. 
So I want to talk about this from two perspectives. I want to talk about it from the spiritual perspective, as well as we're going to give some practical tips kind of at the end here to to help parents that are Mm -hmm. really just reaching for anything right now. But I really want to talk about those two fronts. First of all, on the spiritual side, you know, parents teaching their kids is nothing new. We, We see that all throughout scripture. We're called to teach our kids, to train our kids, to disciple them. Uh, I think about even in the Old Testament where it says when you sit at home, when you walk down the road to to teach your children, we're told to be the, the spiritual head of our household. So, so let me ask you this, what are you seeing during this time and spiritually and what is needed? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Sean, as I've been praying about this, I'm really seeing an opportunity for parents to rise up, yeah. particularly for fathers to rise up. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is, as I've been praying, you know, we go to church and we have amazing discipleship, uh, leadership, uh, our pastors, our worship team. They're wonderful and they are needed and we appreciate them. Yeah. However, we're in this circumstance where in many ways we don't, quote, have them, right, in the same way that we've had them before. And it's almost like there's, there's a gap or there's a vacuum, but I believe that God is using that as an opportunity to allow the parents in the home to step up That's and good. say, I have God's word, right? I have, I have the Bible. I have what we need. Yeah. Let me show you what this is like. Let my relationship with you deepen. And furthermore, even for us as parents uh, to, you know, temporarily put aside that, that leadership because it looks different now, right? We can't physically be there in the, in the church and, and learning from someone, but yet we can sit at the feet of Jesus mm. ourselves. Yeah. And what a beautiful thing and an opportunity that is. I feel if we would view it as an opportunity I really feel that God has some unique teachings, lessons, encouragement for us if we can shift our perspective. That's so good. I love that word. Just shifting our perspective can change the way we see this as such a huge uh, obstacle or inconvenience versus yeah. seeing it as an opportunity to really spend time with our kids in a different and unique mm-hmm. way. You know, earlier you were talking, me and you were talking about this, about relationship versus productivity. Um, can you touch on that a little yeah. bit? Talk a little bit about that. You were talking about a story about Mary and Martha in the Bible there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as I was praying, um, I was having such a, just a discouraging day. And I, I, I really felt, Sean, as I'm assuming some of our listeners could identify with, I just, I don't want to get out of bed. Mm. I, I don't know that I can do this another day, right? Yeah. And I just felt the Lord drawing me to the story of Mary and Martha and how Martha was worried about so many things, as we are. Yeah. I know so much is coming, especially at these parents who are receiving instructional materials and calls and things from the children's school. That's right. And they're trying so hard to keep on top of it. They want to serve their children well. They want to cooperate with the teachers and and that's a good thing. There comes a point though, I, I think where it's just, it's getting overwhelming because we don't know how to do it. We're not mm. made to do life that way. Yeah. We're made to be in direct relationship with others, ultimately with God, first and foremost, of course. 
but with one another, having that rich fellowship, communication, physical presence. And now we're being asked to do it in a completely different way that seems so foreign. And it, I think that's why we feel so overwhelmed. That's right. And I, I felt like saying, um, sit at my feet, right? Mm-hmm. I, I have all you need. When he instructs Mary, and he says, Mary has found what is needed, right? Yeah. And I won't take that from her. And I think it's about us praying what is needed right now for us and for our kids. But to physically get things done and check boxes, I think in some situations that could be the case, particularly if you have a, a student who's in high school, for example. My oldest is in high school and he says, Mom, I'm concerned. I, I, you know, I'm working on my high school transcripts and my grades and I get that. You know, he wants to be productive. Yeah. But I do think that there's value in just taking a step back and saying, what is needed right now? What have I turned to in the past when I've walked through crisis? You know, I hope that it's been God's word and worship and our, our small groups, our pastors, or, you know, voice-to-voice communication with others. But I think these are good questions to ask. Are we spending time at the feet of Jesus? Are we allowing ourselves to become overwhelmed by all of the shoulds That's and right. all of the distractions? Yeah. I love that. You kind of alluded to that earlier when you talked about the history lesson, you know, do we, do we do this? Do we push through this or do I need to have a conversation at this time? Because I'm noticing that my student or my child is, is, is a little bit Mm -hmm. anxious or pulling away. And it kind of goes to what you just said about what, what can we do versus what should we do? And man, that is a Mm -hmm. huge uh, question that we really need to ask ourselves as we're approaching this. Can you talk about that just a little bit? The, the, the can versus the should. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's about putting yourself before the Lord and asking him to show you what your kids need. Right. You mentioned earlier, this is not an accident. We, God made us to be the parents for our children, however yeah. they came to us, right? right? Through foster adoption, through birth. Um, he's enabled us to be the parent and the leader that they need right now. None of this is a surprise to him, yeah. right? Um, and I think it, it's about remembering that it's not worth your relationship right now with your child, uh, perhaps to finish every last little assignment. I think it's more about trusting uh, the Lord in this time and knowing that he knows what they need. He knows what you need, right? And so everything cannot be a, a should. Yeah. Uh, we need to look at, right, what, what is the teacher asking of me? If it's a situation where you're getting, you know, lessons teacher at school, uh, what is my spouse needing of me right now, right? It's about prioritizing for that day or that yeah. hour so that, you don't walk down that path where, as it's going to happen, we know we, we you know, we try our best, but yet we get on each other's nerves. That's right. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we get short with one another, of course, with our temper. Um, and it's about stepping back and going, is this current lesson, this assignment, this history project, as you said, worth my relationship with my child and the opportunity that I have to minister to his heart? because I really think that's why some of the kids are struggling. It's not because they don't understand the math uh, or the geometry or or whatever it might be. It's because emotionally they are struggling and they have questions. That's so good. That's good. All right. So I want to dive into more of the practical side. Now, um, I know we've had a lot of questions coming in from 
churches and parents, um, you know, even just, just simple from churches saying, you know, how can I help parents? I mean, that's what I love right now is mm-hmm. our churches are really uh, looking for new opportunities to help families where, you know, normally in church day, they come to us and we get to minister sure. to them. Well, now we have to find creative ways to to, to help those families, to take them by the hand. And so so some of these questions really just came from some parents and, and from some other leaders. So I just want to kind of cover a few of these. Uh, one of the questions was, what if my kid doesn't go back to school uh, by the end of this school mm-hmm. year? Can you just touch on that or talk about that a little bit? Is that the end of the world or what can they do? What if they don't go back to school? Mm-hmm. That's a great question and it's a valid concern. And I would turn and I would look at, well, why do we send our kids to school, right? We send them to school to learn, to be in a nurturing environment where they are learning both academically and socially and physically. And I would say that we can still do that in the home, that the home is now just shifting to the center of learning and that that might look different than it looks in the classroom, of course, and that that is okay, We're not necessarily called to recreate school at home, as I know many parents have also asked me, hey, I don't have a degree in math or history, right? How do I do this? And what I've encouraged them is to say, yeah, but nobody knows your kid like you do. Mm. Nobody loves your kid like you do, right? And you can still reach your child in various ways. It might look like baking, right? Instead of a drunk lesson. It might look like tooling around in the car with the engine uh, instead of the, the lesson at school. But yet that connection is so precious. Again, That's if right. you see it as an opportunity um, and know that I believe God will redeem that time. I understand that certain lessons are not perhaps being accomplished or accomplished in the way that the parent would hope. But I do believe that God can redeem that because he's outside of time. That's right. You know, exactly. and he can help them to get, you know, pick up right where they left off. When school resumes again, be that in the spring or perhaps even in the fall, um, kids are so resilient. That's good. Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, you know, looking at even my own family, uh, day one after spring break, uh, you know, I walked in and uh, Amy had both of the boys folding clothes. And I was like, I, I thought you guys were <laughs> supposed to be studying. And she said, this is home ec, you know, they're learning. And, and I <laughs> thought, right. yeah, there you go, babe. That's uh, pretty creative, knocking out some chores as well as teaching those boys how to be men. So uh, that's good, good stuff. <laughs> that's right. Uh, let me ask you this question. Well, because you well, can't. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you can't always recreate school at home. That's right. Right. And that's okay. Um, but what can you do? And mm-hmm. I love that Amy said, you know what? I can, right? Teach them how to wash and fold. That's right. Uh, that's an amazing skill. Good that's for good. her. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, let me ask you this question here. How many hours is realistically possible. I mean, you know, I know, like you said, I love that statement. We're not trying to recreate school. And in school, these kids are there for almost eight hours. And a lot of that time is mm-hmm. is not learning. And, I, and I've heard this already. Some parents are feeling that pressure of like, how do I keep my kids engaged for eight hours? Well, my answer is like, good luck for that. Like that's, that's going to be a, a chore. <laughs> that's a challenge. So in your mind, like how many hours is realistically possible? Is that even a valid question? Just speak to that a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. Sure. I think it's a valid question because as parents, again, we want to serve our kids well and we want things to be measurable. Yeah. There's just something about knowing, right, that you put in a certain amount of time. And I think that's a normal and a natural response. But I do think you have to temper that with the fact that, like you said, in that school environment, we have amazing teachers that are teaching classes of 20 or, or 25 students and there's a lot of time that has to be spent, right, on other things besides learning, understandably, so that they can maintain, you know, a good and an effective classroom. Yeah. But again, if you look at that in the home, that's normally not the case. Um, in the home, having that one-on-one time or for your child to just be able to have that time to be able to work quietly, it looks a lot different and they're actually able to accomplish a lot more in less time. And so for elementary students, for example, those um, kids who are in, you know, K through six, um, you can often accomplish different uh, goals that your classroom teacher has sent you in one hour a day, one to two hours a day, perhaps if you need it, um, because you'll, you'll see it's just so much more efficient. Uh, But at our home and in our homeschool, we are big advocates of of taking breaks. Um, Even my high schoolers, that's a, a clock. He does not work on anything for longer than 60 minutes. Um, I actually encourage him to set it more for 45 minutes, but yeah. he's my firstborn. And so <laughs> he's my, you know, 60 minute kiddo. That's right. But we need to remember that they need breaks. They need to stretch. They need to get fresh air. They need to feed their brain. They need to get snacks, right? Yeah. The snacks are crucial. <laughs> um and I know you know what that's like. You have a new that's teenager right. in the house, right? Oh, yeah. You know, those <laughs> those boys, they need to eat. Uh, and so allowing them that flexibility, again, I think you might be surprised. You'll see such growth and opportunity that they can have ownership that's of good. it and be able to take breaks and such. So you can accomplish so much uh, in a short amount of time. I think you'd be surprised. And so just being flexible with that schedule and being patient with yourself and allowing even your students, uh, your your kids, it, I think so many times if we give them some room, they'll shock us mm-hmm. at how motivated and how determined they are to accomplish those tasks. Mm-hmm. So that's really, really good. All right. Just a few more questions mm-hmm. real quick before we wrap up. Um, what are some things that we should be talking to our kids' teachers about? Um, what are some questions mm-hmm. that we should be asking our kids' teachers? Mm-hmm. I think two good questions to ask your kids' teachers are, what do you want and what do you need? Mm, right? Good. I do think it's important as you're able, and I think we have to have grace for those teachers too. I know I have a good friend who is a third grade teacher and she's been messaging me saying, this is so hard. I'm trying to teach from home on this Zoom call, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, please pray for me. This is hard. Our, our teachers, we already know how amazing they are, right? And now they are tasked with learning new layers of technology and grading and reporting. And uh, so just praying for our teachers and asking them, what do you need um, from me? How can I support you, right? But also, what do you need right now from my students? Because we don't want to assume that the teachers think they need to, you know, fill in every lesson. Yeah. I think it's good to see clarification, right? What do you need from my kids right now? What are you wanting from them so that we're on the same page? That's good. Um, and not necessarily bringing preconceived notions to the table of thinking, oh, my word, well, if they left off on lesson 17, surely we need to finish, I don't know, mm. lesson 30, right? Yeah. By <laughs> April or something. Yeah. And that might not be the case at all, right? That's good. That's really so, good. Communication is good. 
So a lot of our listeners here are um, staff pastors, pastors, even volunteer leaders in the church. Um, how can kids pastors, how can youth pastors, how can the church really come alongside and help our families during this season? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a great question. We appreciate all of you so much. I, I think that it's wise as well for them to step back and say, what do our families need right now? What do they want right now? You know, you'd be surprised the feedback that I'm actually getting um, from friends who are saying, I feel overwhelmed. I I love, right, that my church or my ministry is offering online opportunities, but I can't handle that right now because Mm -hmm. I have multiple children. We don't have a lot of devices in the home. Not everybody has a phone and a laptop, you know, per family member. Um, we have spouses working from home, so they need that critical, you know, laptop or Wi-Fi connection. So I think it's important again for them to ask, you know, can we do it? Should we do it? Right? Mm-hmm. What do our families need from us right now? I know some of the positive feedback that I've received has been from people saying our church offered a our church offered an opportunity for us to write letters to widows wow. or to nurses in local hospitals. Just um, things that can get the kids involved, that can help to show them how to be the hands and feet of God right now during a difficult situation, and that they can do as it's their own time. Maybe first thing in the morning is the best time for your kids to sit down and draw a picture or write a note, right? So they don't have to be on that call at 2 p.m., yeah. um, but it's something that they can just do when it works best into their family time or their devotional time, and yet they're making a difference and they're seeing how to be a good servant of Christ through the means that they currently have. I love it. That's awesome. That's great advice. Margaret, before we wrap up here, what are some of the positives besides some of the things we've talked about already, but maybe even, even consolidate some of those. What are the positives that you are seeing uh, coming out of, of this uh, opportunity, not a negative situation, Mm -hmm. uh, but our Mm -hmm. perspective, what are some of those positives that you're seeing? Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's unique that parents are getting this window into how their children learn, into even more so what makes their children tick. How do their kids handle adversity? That's good. Um, again, seeing things as an opportunity and being able to just come alongside shoulder to shoulder with that child. I know even if my own kids that I'm I'm with quite often, you know, I'm seeing it particularly for my ten year old how she handles things when she feels stressed out. Wow. And God has given me the opportunity to sit down with her. We've been reading a book together yeah. and, and just minister to her. And um, again, trying to, to view it as an opportunity, as a unique situation that, wow, I can really see um, you know, how, how she's managing because really we're, we're raising adults, right? That's right. Um, yep. You know, we, we uh, want that day to come where the Lord calls our kids to whatever, you know, vocation or situation it is. And we want them to be prepared and they're going to go through crisis. Uh, and we have an opportunity now to show them and to model for them, even in our weaknesses, quite yeah. frankly, right? That's I mean, right. come on, we're all struggling yeah. um, to show them, hey, this is how mom and dad handle things. Um, pointing them back to the cross, pointing them back to the word of God and being honest and transparent with our own struggles. That's right. 
That's so good. Margaret, I would love if you would just just pray over us today. I feel like today uh, we'd love to close our podcast off with just a word of prayer. And and if you wouldn't mind just, mm-hmm. just leading in that and praying over us, whether it's a parent listening, whether it's a pastor listening, staff pastors, volunteer leaders, um, just, just pray over us if you would today. Absolutely. Dear Lord God, we thank you, God. You are an amazing, faithful, incredible God. Yes, God. Lord, we thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God, thank you that we can trust in that during these uncertain times, Lord. We love you, Lord, and we just put these situations at your feet. I I, I just feel, Lord, that you want us to remember that you are I am. Yes. When those questions arise and we don't know the answers, you are I am. Thank you. You are provider. You are healer. You are the way maker. You are the bringer of comfort yes, and patience, Lord. And I just pray for those listening today, God, that they would just remember, Lord, that you are more than enough, God, that you've always been enough, Lord, and you will not fail us now. God, that you are in this with us and for us. You cover us, Lord. You know each and every fear that's on our heart. You know every concern. You know every struggle that a child is having. You know every struggle that a family yes, and a God. spouse is having. You you know the, the sickness, Lord. Um, and, and God, yet you say, I am. Yes. I am that I am. And we trust that, Lord. We trust you, um, God. And we trust that your glory would be shown, Lord. May your glory be shown through all these situations, God, as you minister unto us as only you can, Lord. And we thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Margaret, thank you so much for your time today. This has been amazing. Sure thing. Thank you for having me. No problem. Well, hey guys, thanks for joining us around the table today. This has been so rich and so informative. Um, You can check out our website at rmdc.org for more resources as you are helping your people through this coronavirus time. We'll see you again next time around the table. Thank you for spending time with us around the table. For more resources just like this one, visit thetableresources.com.